0: Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we are now in part five, installment number five of this vital, necessary, deliverance-activating sermon series entitled Exit Strategies. And the reason I believe the Holy Spirit has us going this route, especially during the summer months, is because it's one thing to be told, resist temptation. Crucify your flesh, die to yourself, bear your cross. It's one thing to be told, resist temptation. It's another thing to be taught, how? How, Sway, how do I resist temptation? Could you explain to me how? What does that look like? Because I want to be able to glorify God. Don't just tell me, deny the flesh. What does that look like? And how do I do that? See, the reason some of us are so frustrated is because you cannot rebuke a devil that you enjoy playing with. I told you fireworks, it's coming. (laughs) It's coming. Yeah, the reason we're so frustrated is because you cannot evict a devil whose company you enjoy. (laughs) It's hard because I like it and there's nothing more frustrating to me. This may not be you, but it's just me. There is nothing more frustrating to me than to go to a Bible study, to go to a church, to go to a community and be told... I'm wrong. Your mind's wrong. Your appetites are wrong. Your friends are wrong. The way you are as a husband is wrong. Nothing is more frustrating to me, this is just me. To, than to be told I'm wrong, but not given steps how to unlearn and relearn. Anybody else? Like, I understand it's wrong, but can you give me Holy Spirit inspired, God breathed, not your opinions, not your fallacies, but can you give me Holy Spirit inspired, God breathed, biblical founded principles, how to unlearn and relearn. I understand it's wrong. I know it's sin. I know I should be getting tipsy like this. I know. I know I'm not supposed to sleep with people like this, but what do I do with these urges, though? It's real quiet, I know, because we don't talk about this in church. We're doing it today. What do I do with these urges, though? I said the prayer of salvation. I'm coming to church. I'm listening to the podcast. I need you to disciple me. Don't demonize me. Am I talking to anybody? This is why we have discipleship. How do you, how do you rebuke somebody who doesn't know the right way yet? How? house wait. like what do I do with these urges what do I do with these desires though what do I do when I am horny y'all don't want to talk to me what do I do like it's a battle I don't want to hold my tongue I know I'm supposed to but I want to give them a piece of my mind piece of my mind to them they saw me in this lane and they cut me off and flipped me to bird how do I resist these urges not to retaliate it's a battle. I want to tell my spouse a piece of my mind. And oh, if I tell them, I know it will crush them. But there's so much that I'm going through internally. It's a battle. How do I resist that urge though? That urge. W- what am I supposed to do with that? What am I supposed to do? I want to go to the party. Ooh, I'm messing up somebody's plans. I want to go... To the 4th of July weekend party on the night. I know I shouldn't, but I really, really want to go. But there's this thing on the inside of me. I messed up somebody's itinerary this afternoon. There's something on the inside of me that's telling, don't go over there. Every time you go over there, you get tipsy, you get high, you get faded, and you prayed. You prayed on December the 31st, 2021. God, I thank you that 22 will be my year of growth. I thank you that 22 will be my year of spiritual maturity. I thank you, God, that you will give me clarity, that you will give me discernment. I want to go, but what am I supposed to do with these urges, though? I want want to go off on my teenager. And I'm not talking about laying holy hands. I'm talking about just laying hands. (laughs) Is this too real? What do I do? With these urges. Don't just give me quotes. Can you give me steps? Can you give me steps? Don't just rebuke me. Don't just give me scrutiny. Give me God-breathed steps. So that I can make purposeful decisions. Don't just tell me I need discernment. How do I get that? Because mine is off. (laughs) Like how do I. Live on purpose. Can you give me a series on discernment? Because I'm tired of making choices that create my own storms. And then we have the audacity to get mad at God because of the rain. Like, you can't curse your way out of a season that you behaved your way into. <laughs> I know. The Bible says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hey, that's what I quote. But... We have to make sure that we're not the weapon formed against ourselves. See, 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 Ben ain't nobody said nothing. See, we have to make sure that we're not the weapon formed against ourselves that's not causing ourselves to prosper. Hmm, I'm exposing the problem. See, when we have powerless preaching, powerless preaching fosters. Powerless pews. I don't want to get up here and just preach opinion. I need some power. Powerless preaching. Preaching that lacks power. Preaching that lacks salt. Preaching that lacks solo day glory up. That means for God's glory alone. Preaching that lacks the gospel. Preaching that lacks love. And preaching that condemns. Cause for us to be a people who hide our struggles. Hide our struggles. And the devil loves this because he knows hidden struggles become secret warfares. And secret warfares come with wardrobes. This is why you're wearing depression on your countenance. This is why you always walk around looking like something stinks. This is why so many of us right now are exhausted. It's because I'm tired Of having a happy presentation. But then I'm trying to hide my battle scars of what I'm dealing with in the dark. I'm tired of having a happy presentation. But then trying to hide the battle scar of clearing my history and deleting the text message at the same time. I'm tired because who I present and who I am behind the scenes are not congruent. You're laying down, sleeping eight hours, but you're not resting. Waking up tired. Day after day, z isn't working. The sleeping pills aren't working. Xanax isn't working. You are still tired and exhausted. I can't function without my coffee. I can't function without my hit. And I'm exhausted. It's because the real you and the presented you are not twins. So... I'm exhausted, and many times the church has been the place that has trained us how to hide. Because if I know it, I'm going to use it as sermon content. If I know it, I'm going to cut you off. If I know it, I'm going to take your issue to the shade room. And so we have become a people. We got faceless, but we don't have heart transplants. Talk Holy Spirit. So we end up hiding our issues. So I just felt that the Holy Spirit says, okay, let's let's do a series on how to exit. How to exit. Do y'all understand? There is power in having a strategy. Listen, there is power in having a strategy. I want to help us to become strategic people. Where well, you're strategic with your thoughts. Strategic with what you respond to. Strategic with your words. This is what Isaac was saying. Don't complain. Stop complaining. I want you to be a strategic person. Strategic with your time. Strategic with who you call Bay. Strategic with where you. I need you to be a strategic person. Because a strategy is the blueprint on how you experience victory in an area. Did y'all hear what I just said? Strategies, that's the blueprint on how you experience victory in an area. Y'all think about it. You could be smaller than somebody, but if you got the right strategy, you can still win. Because strategies are the blueprint on how we experience victory in the area. You can have an opponent who is faster than you, but if you have the right strategy, you still can win because strategies are the blueprint on how you experience victory in the area. Somebody can be smarter than you, but if you have the right strategy... If you have the right strategy, you still could win. If you ever play sports, I'm proving it to you. NFL has a certain strategy. The NBA has a certain strategy. Even in war, they can have more weapons and more allies. But if you got a better strategy, there's power in having a strategy. And so many of us are falling to temptation because we have no strategy. And I begin to think, no wonder, no wonder 2 Timothy chapter 4 tells us to be ready in season and out of season. Now I begin to think. First of all, strategies help you like reserve your time. There's certain things that you don't have to backtrack, and you won't have to stay in recovery if you have a strategy. I begin to think, okay, why would the text say be ready in season? And out of season unless your life was filled with surprises. <laughs> Be ready in season and out of season because a surprise is coming. So this means in your off season, that's the time of your peace. Learn how to use your slingshot. In the valley, this is the season of obscurity. When nobody knows your name, when nobody knows who you are, learn a strategy. And I'm going to help you by sending you a bear. I'm going to help you by sending you a lion. I want you to learn your technique in the valley. So when you stand before Goliath, you already got skills. (laughs) So good, y'all. A strategy. Somebody say strategy. No wonder. First Timothy chapter 6. Verse 6 tells us godliness with contentment is great gain. See, please watch this. Temptation is always going to knock on our door. But temptation knocks, curiosity opens it. See, hear me. Temptation is not sin. It's not. Opening the door for it is. When temptation knocks, curiosity answers. Now watch this: If I'm content with where God has me, and I'm content with the God-given task that He gave me, my contentment causes for me to not be curious and open the door. Does this make sense? The reason we keep opening the door to the DM. The door to the temptation is because I'm not content. There's no contentment anywhere in my life. I'm not content with my job. I'm not content with my marriage. I'm not content with my money. I'm not content with my bank account. I'm not content with the nation. I'm not content with the gas prices. There is no contentment. And so when temptation knocks, curiosity answers. And so I'm like, okay, how do we become content? Like what's the difference in contentment and expectation? How do I get content? And this is the part we're not going to like. It's when... You recognize everything you do is for the glory of God. How nicer would you be if everything you did was for the glory of God? What would you eat? If you viewed even your food as for the glory of God. Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you, whatever I do, it is for the glory of God. It is our culture's obsession with self. See, this is bled over into our churches. Have your best life now. It's your season. After the hell you've gone through, you deserve, everything is about self. (laughs) Self. You can get new lips, you can get new hips, you can change your eye color. Everything is to become a better self. I'm like, we're so caught up with the exterior self that we're overlooking the interior self. This is how you can meet somebody who's fine, but internally ugly. This makes sense? We're obsessed with self. We get so offended because we're all about self. But as I'm looking at this the constant theme throughout the fabric of Scripture is everything is for God's glory Isaiah 49 called God called his children out of Israel why for the glory for himself first Samuel chapter 17 David defeated Goliath not for his own glory but for the glory of the Lord's name somebody say glory give you more bible first chronicles chapter 16 verse 24 it says declare his glory among the nations isaiah 42 verse 8 says i am the lord that is my name my glory i give to no other nor my praise to carved idols isaiah 43 verse 7 everyone who is called by my name who i created for what my glory are y'all seeing this My glory whom I formed and made 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 12 live such good lives among the pagans That though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify you Glorify you Follow you Build your platform Give you more subscribers No, that they may glorify God Jesus says this in John chapter 7 verse 18 whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth you know why we have so many pastors lying in pulpits because it's about their glory the reason I can speak truly truth to you and not care what you think is because my glory is not for myself, it's glory for him. So I can be free of what you'll think about Jerry. I can be free from a negative review. I can be free from an unfollow because my glory that I have, I give to him, not for me. Y'all getting this. I know we're not going to clap right here. I understand. But I'm trying to tell us how to have contentment. It's when everything you do is for God's glory. What if God wanted you to be an instrument, not an influencer? Talk, Holy Spirit. We live in a society of influencers. God wants you to be instruments. An instrument can't do nothing until it's breathed in. This piano over here can't do nothing until somebody plays on it. When you recognize I'm just an instrument, and if God doesn't breathe through me, if God doesn't use me, if God doesn't anoint me, if God doesn't use me despite of all of my imperfections, I'll just be an influence, not an instrument, not an instrument. So how do we not answer when temptation knocks I'm content giving God glory. Ooh, can I mess y'all up? Some of us have glorified ourselves into depression. (laughs) It'll hit you on the way home. Glorified yourself into depression. I just don't feel like I'm used here. I just feel like I'm overlooked. They just don't see the value that I bring. But what if you're giving God glory right where you are? You see? So we could be frustrated where God wants us right now because you're caught up with your glory not his. There's this text I want us to see that really just blessed me all throughout this week and last weekend as I was preparing for it. Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25 verse 24. It says, When the time came For her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red. His whole body was like a hairy garment. (laughs) So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was a mama's boy. I'm sorry. Jacob was content <laughs> to stay home among the tents. Isaac who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from an open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew, I'm famished. This is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied first, Sell me your birthright. Look, bruh, I'm about to die. Esau said, you know how we like real hungry. I'm starving. No, you're not. You just ate four hours ago. I'm starving. I'm about to die. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. This soup better have been bomb. (laughs) Lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. Look at this, y'all. So Esau despised his birthright. Hmm. There are four sections that I would like to bring to your attention and your awareness for the time that we have together this afternoon. And first is verse 27, where it says Esau is a skillful hunter. Somebody say skill. Okay, then into verse 30. I'm about to die, bro. I'm starving. Let me have some of that red stew into Verse 31. First, let me have your birthright. Last verse, verse verse 34. Esau despised his birthright. I have a problem with this because we just read foundational text 27. Esau is a skillful hunter. You know what that means? He can catch it himself. Like he can catch and cook. We know he could cook. If you keep reading the story, his father told him to go make his favorite dish. So you have the potential to cook and you have the potential to catch and you got skills with it. And then he, he gets talked out of all of this for some red lentil stew, like at least chicken in it or some, some like lentils. <laughs> lentils. I want to speak around this thought from this subject for part five of this, this series Traps, Timing, and Temptation. Traps, timing, and temptation. The trap is the stew. The timing is you're exhausted. The temptation is exchanging your birthright for the stew. <laughs> Traps, timing, Temptation. Can I get us to say this confession? I want us to speak this over our lives. Can I get us to say this? And everybody online, could you put this in the room in all caps? Can I get us to say, Father, Father expose every trap, expose every trap. That's take that's trying to take what's mine and help me to trust your timing. One more time. Father, Father expose, every expose every trap that's trying to take what's mine and help me to trust your timing. Traps, timing, temptation. Hmm. Temptation, timing, traps. Traps, timing, temptation. Temptation, timing, traps. What if the reason on why our temptation is so great is because we don't have awareness of the timing. See, the birthright is the thing you're gonna want later. The trap is for you to be so tired that you forfeit what you need and want later for some stew right now. Thank you for the one clap. Church, let, let me ask you a question What's your stew? <laughs> What's your stew? What's the thing that's offered in front of you right now? That you're choosing because you're tired. What's your stew? Look how, this don't have no meat in it, bro. None in it. What is your stew? You would be surprised how many people are suffering because they keep choosing stew. The trap is to be so tired that you settle for the stew. When God has a full course coming for you later, but you're tired of the timing of God. And since you're tired of waiting, you settle for stew. I want you to think, what is your stew? give you an acronym for it is sacrificing the exceeding worth stew something is worth more than this but you're sacrificing for it let's make it real awkward ask somebody next to you what's your stew say don't look at me bruh don't look at me (laughs) don't look at me what is your stew i want you to consider how dangerous it is to walk around hungry I want you to consider how dangerous it is to walk around unfed and malnourished. Let's mess people up. Somebody was at the club last night. I know, no judgment. I've chosen stew before too. Double-edged sword, cuts me and cuts you. Some of us were at the strip club last night because you're hungry. So I chose stew. Some people clout chase because, okay, let me break that down because I forgot. Um, they're all ethnicities that watch. Um, clout chase is a millennial and Gen Z terminology for people who do the most to get people's attention, okay? So, so that we can fully understand what that means. That's people who take pictures of like their butt side and they post it. They wonder why every man wants the input but they never question the output like that. Clout chase. Do the most to get likes and views. They're hungry. (laughs) They're hungry. It happens in church too. Some pastors, clout chase. Do it all for a view or a like. Hungry. Hungry. Some of us are in low-key, destiny-detouring relationships that we know is not God's will. Like, you know it. You know it's not God's will, but you're hungry relationally. So you settle for some stew. Now look at this, y'all. I want us to notice the timing. Remember I said one of the biggest things about me, I can't stand when you tell what's wrong but not give me steps, okay? I want you to notice the timing. Look at this. Look, verse 30. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that. Red stew, I'm famished. Notice the timing, notice the timing. It's when you're tired. When you're tired, you're not mentally sober. It's when you're tired, it's when you're exhausted, it's when you're fed up of something. That's when the enemy offers you stew. When you're tired. Believe it or not, the Sabbath principle is not just a religious suggestion. It's a decree, but it's also your defense in resisting temptation. The only reason you went over there is because you're tired internally. I'm thinking about quitting. No, you don't need to quit. You need a nap. You need a vacation. Finance is not right, a staycation. <laughs> you're tired. And because you are tired, you're more prone to give in to temptation. Give you more, Bible. I want you to look at this. Luke chapter 4, verse 2. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, are y'all seeing this? He was hungry, and the devil said, where are you hungry? Because wherever you're hungry, and the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Look at this. Satan is attacking his, attacking his identity and the appetite. Why? Because when you don't know who you are, you'll settle for stew. Talk. If I can get your identity to be in crisis, you'll settle for some stew. Have you ever wondered why? Maybe this is why the party's not to 10 o'clock maybe this is why the bar doesn't close to three. You ever notice how they begin to talk late at night? Like during the day, it was like, what's up, babe? At night, it's, what's up, girl? <laughs> yeah. well, what you doing? He wasn't talking like that at 2 p.m., but at 2 a.m., yeah, what you doing? you laying down, huh? What you got on? Yeah. Ladies don't laugh too much, it be girls too. What's all that noise in the background? That's a shower. You get in the shower, Zaddy. You get in the shower, Zaddy. you going to FaceTime while you're in the shower, Zaddy. Oh, Zaddy. She wasn't talking like that earlier. Am I telling the truth? Notice the timing. She wasn't calling you, Zaddy, at 2 o'clock. But at 2 a.m., when she's tired, y'all laugh when I'm trying to expose the strategy. It's the time when you're more prone to give in to stew. You're not your sober self when you're tired. That's why prolonged tiredness is dangerous because you'll be like Esau. What you really want later, you'll sacrifice for stew to sacrifice the exceeding worth. Can I get somebody to say, "Notice notice the timing. Now, I want you to look at this now. Genesis chapter 39 Genesis chapter 39, I want us to see all this because I do not preach opinion, I want to preach doctrine, all right? When you are tired, it is an agitator for sin. I'm not thinking right. I'm more irritable when I am tired. Now, I want you to notice another timing. Genesis 39, verse 3, it says, when his master saw that the Lord was with him, that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned from the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of Egypt because of Joseph. See, this is why jealousy is so stupid. I'm like, bro. If, some, if you're around somebody who's favored, get close, because I see right here this dude's whole house was blessed because of the favor on Joseph. When you understand this principle, it won't even fit, it won't even be your season, but it'll feel like your season because you're supporting somebody who is in season. This makes sense. I'm not jealous. I want to get close. The whole household because of Joseph. The blessing on the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care with Joseph in charge. And he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now, Joseph was well built and handsome. If the Bible says this, this dude had to be fly. It's not an opinion like the word of God says he was well built and handsome. And after a while, somebody said, "Uh oh, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Meaning let's have sex. Notice the timing. Temptation always happens when you're favored. See, when the blessing is on your life. The enemy wants to take it from your life in stew form. See, this is why I'm like, okay, certain people, you can't handle growth right now. Because you still think you the stuff. And I'm trying to get you to understand when your favor begins to blossom, so does temptation. And the enemy comes when you're favored. Joseph was favored. His daddy made him a coat of many colors. That was just an outward confirmation of favor's participation. His brothers already couldn't stand him, but they really hated when they saw him walk in favor. It's one thing to know that you're favored. It's another thing to begin to walk in favor. He took his coat from him and threw him in a pit and took him out of the pit and sold him into slavery and now the favor's still on him and now Potiphar's wife sees that favor and she wants some of that favor too. Let me see if he's favored in the bedroom. Let me see if he's blessed in that area and she takes his clothes and he's now thrown in prison. Everybody keeps taking his clothes. I'm like, y'all must not understand, the favor's not on my outfit. The favor's on my life. I'm trying to help somebody who is tripping because of what they took. The car car doesn't have the favor. The favor's on your life. The ring that they took back doesn't have the favor. The favor's on your life. The position doesn't have the favor. The favor's on your life. Somebody say, can't touch this. You could take my clothes, but that's not where the favor is. The favor is on my life. (laughs) So they didn't recognize that just because we try to hurt him doesn't mean God removes his hand too. This is why some people don't like you, because they like you, but God loves you. <laughs> and your not liking me is not God's verdict. Notice the timing though. When you're hungry, when you're alone, when you're tired, when you're favored. These are the times when temptation begins to knock and it's a trap to try to get us to give in to the stew. I want us to consider how dangerous it is to walk around hungry. Listen church, it's almost like, it's almost like going grocery shopping while hungry. (laughs) Your neck, I know. This wasn't even on the grocery list. But just because you went down the aisle. (laughs) Oh, y'all should see y'all faces. Talk, Holy Spirit. Like this wasn't even on your list, but you considered purchasing something that was bad. Because you're so hungry. It's like this time my flight got delayed and I'm in the airport with my wife. And so we said, okay, well, let's, just, let's just have a date night while we're waiting on the flight. And I'm eating this food from this restaurant. I don't remember the name of it. She asked me, she said, Jerry, is it good? I said, yeah, it's good. She said, okay, hold on, let me rephrase that. Is it good or are you just hungry? <laughs> have you ever ate something that you labeled as good, but then when you weren't that hungry, you ate it again and wasn't all that? She was like, okay, are you really hungry or is it just available? going shopping while hungry. Oh, this is about to be rough. When you walk around hungry, you risk dating snacks. I said it's gonna be rough, right? Okay. Okay, let's put it in theological terms. You risk dating stew, it's about to get rougher, or you risk marrying stew To roll over years down the line to recognize I'm a skillful hunter myself. But I settled for some stew because I was hungry. I know we can't clap too much, especially if you're married. What you clapping for? (laughs) Can I go a little deeper? See, this is how we get mixed signals. I talked about this in the series. This is how we get mixed signals You ask questions like what are we and if they were to be honest and to shame the devil They should say what do you mean? What are we? I was just lonely and you were stew I just didn't know who I was and you were stew. Y'all don't want to talk. I know I don't preach opinion I I want us to understand some of us are settling because we're hungry We're hungry. I thought we were gonna do this. No, you just stew. You are better than watching porn tonight. Y'all get it. Somebody said, okay. (laughs) Okay. Stew. When you're hungry, you'll exchange your birthright for some stew. Listen, y'all. There are a lot of people who have exchanged their marriage for some stew, their ministry for some stew, their reputation, for a stew, their peace for some stew because they were walking around hungry. Hungry. This, this gave me a massive revelation. I said, I get it. Traps, timing, temptation. We have been preaching so much about the promises of God that we don't know how to identify the timing of them. So, what happens is, we have people who want the promise, but despise the timing. This is why I have a whole chart all throughout the series. I don't want to be guilty of that. I want you to understand, yes, a promise is coming, but there's a process for God's timing. He doesn't just take you from Egypt to the promised land. He takes you from Egypt to the wilderness. I got to deal with your appetite. Yes, you have a promised land address, but you have an Egypt appetite. It's the timing of God. And so when we preach only about the promises of God, they're awesome, they're wonderful. I'm not minimizing them. But when we only preach about the promises of God and we don't understand the timing of God, then Satan can tempt us to make choices prematurely. Temptation, see? So he knows since they can't identify what season they're in, I will try to get them to make a premature choice. Why? Because anything that's premature has a higher possibility of dying. What does he come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. If I can get them to traffic and making premature choices, I can steal their joy. I can kill their peace. It's because traps, timing, temptation. Since I don't understand how the timing works, I'm frustrated that I don't have the promise. And I keep hearing sermons only about the promise, but never sermons that educate me about the Timing. You see, look at this, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 21. It says, An inheritance obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end. Timing. If you read your Bible, you will start to notice these words suddenly, immediately, shortly thereafter in the fullness of time. It's speaking of a timing. When my wife and I moved into our house in 2017, I don't know anything about gardening, so don't judge me, okay? I just was young, I'm like, I have a house, I wanna plant some flowers. My last name is Flowers, why not? <laughs> so I begin to plant these flowers and I'm watering them every day. Watering every, every day, I have some mulch I'm push- putting around it and they're just not growing. Don't judge me, y'all, because I just feel the judgment. I don't even want to tell y'all the next statement. (laughs) But I'm watering them every day, morning, afternoon, night. But I don't know why it didn't dawn on me. It's October. (laughs) It's October. But look, it was 84 degrees. You know how Houston is. It could be Christmas in 78. Or it could be Christmas in like 15. You just don't know in Houston. (laughs) Do I wear a hoodie or a tank top? I don't know. It was 84 degrees and I thought because the atmosphere still felt like spring it would still grow but the seed had enough sense to know it's not time it doesn't matter how much you water me it doesn't matter how much most you get it doesn't matter how much weed killer you get it's not time can I help somebody you're not under attack you're not under a satanic warfare you're planting flowers in October That's what it is. Oh, the devil's after me. No, you're expecting something to grow in October that doesn't. And watch this. True story. I forgot about it. Thanksgiving came, Christmas came, Martin Luther King, New Year, all the holidays. I forgot about it. One day in April, I'm walking to my truck, and I look, and I saw them grow. <laughs> right, so suddenly, right? I didn't even water them. They grew from the rain of spring. See, the watering was my efforts. It was my hustle. It was my ads. It was my post. It was me trying to get it to work. But heaven reigned on its own, and in the right timing, the flowers knew this is when we come up, this is when we sprout. And I'm trying to help somebody understand prophetically you're not under attack. It's October in the spirit for you. It's October. April is coming, but do you know how to manage October? Do you know how to manage November? Do you know how to manage December without choosing stew? Because if you don't, you will dig up and doubt what you planted in faith. Did really? Did, did it, are they really going to grow? Is something wrong with the soil? No, it's just October. It's October. Jacob and Esau are two totally different types of men. One is a mama's boy, another is a daddy's boy. Modern times, one would probably be on like the Food Network. (laughs) The other would be on Discovery Channel or Animal Planet, Man vs. Wild. Two totally different type of men. Esau comes in the tent, I'm exhausted. Let me have some of that red stew. You would be surprised how many people right now are hungry. And I'm not talking about food. You would be surprised how many people come to church hungry. And I'm like, okay, um, what happened? What religious movement happened that caused for us to be people who are hungry? Like you starving, but you acting fool. Did y'all hear what I just said? What happened to have us be people to where I'm starving on the inside, but I'm acting like I'm full? Like, where did fake it till you make it come from? What the heck is church clothes? Some of the people who dressed in church clothes be the biggest, like, hypocrites. I mean, full three-piece suit, blouse, heels, all of it, church clothes. What the heck is that? and it causes for us to hide struggles. I'm like, I tried to get us to understand this in the King Encounter series. The word church means ecclesia. it's the called out ones. When Caesar would have a meeting once a year, he would gather his governors and he called it ecclesia. So church is really a place where governors meet it's a place where ambassadors meet this is where we're getting spiritually edified to influence the world this is where we get community this is church and I just believe when we come to church something should happen something miraculous should happen praise should be lifted worship should be lifted something should happen when we come to church I didn't come for a program I didn't come for a show I came to join with God's people Something should happen when we come together. A breakthrough should happen. And please don't let the word breakthrough throw you off because it's been misused by culture. A breakthrough is not $300 line right here and $500 line right here. And if you have a need, sow a seed. And come on, it's your season. Your breakthrough, that is not a breakthrough. That is manipulating people and taking scripture out of context to, to fuel to your greed. That's all that is. A breakthrough is when you stop lying but you start telling the truth. Okay, all right. That's the breakthrough. A breakthrough is when you start considering God's will more than your will. That's a breakthrough. A breakthrough is when you stop cursing people out. That's a breakthrough. A breakthrough is when you're a man and you no longer want to lay with men. Uh Uh-oh, that's a breakthrough. A breakthrough is when I'm a woman and I no longer want to lay with a woman. That's a breakthrough. But we're not just going to highlight that. A breakthrough is also when I understand my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I carry myself accordingly. Homosexual sin, heterosexual sin. A breakthrough is when I don't want it anymore. And this is not legalism. It's because I'm pregnant with purpose. I'm pregnant with a vision. I'm pregnant with a calling. And I'm not trying to abort it because of some stew. Somebody say, I'm carrying something. I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm carrying something. When you recognize you're pregnant, your diet changes. Carrying something. He comes in and he says, I'm famished. Let me have some of that red stew. Now remember, I told us when I look at the text, I look at it and I try to squeeze it. Okay? I want to show us something. Look at this. Verse 30, verse 25, excuse me, of our foundational text. Verse 25, it says, the first to come out was red. Somebody's catching it. The first to come out was red. And his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. So we could say Esau the red man. Okay. Now look at this. Verse 30. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. Hmm. Your flesh is red. And the stew is red. It's Esau-like to take meals that complement your flesh. He's red. The stew is red. There's a similarity between the stew and my flesh. You're Esau-like when you begin to make choices that edify your flesh more than your spirit. Can I keep going? Now this is what really tripped me out. Conversion in the text usually happens when somebody meets the Lord. So we see that Jacob's name changes to Esau once he has his encounter with God. We see that Abram's name is changed to Abraham once he encounters the Lord. We see that Simon's name is changed to Peter once he encounters the Lord. We see that Saul's name is changed to Paul once he encounters the Lord. But I'm noticing if you look at the text, verse 30, It says, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he is also called Edom. The name changed. Wasn't at conversion. It was at a pot. Can we go a little deeper? The word Edom means red. (laughs) Oh, This is why the Bible is so good. Just study it. It's where we get the Edomites, all right? So the Edomites, they possess the territory that we now know as Jordan, and Israel possesses some of it too. Jacob's name is changed to Israel, which is how we get the Israelites, okay? His name, Esau, is also referred to as Edom. So watch this, y'all. Choosing stew affected his whole bloodline. His whole, the the Edomites are people of the red. His flesh was red. The stew was red. And now your whole descendants are people who are reflecting your choice. (laughs) Exit strategies. And so now as I'm looking at this story in the Bible, I understand this story reveals the battle of life. It really does. I want to show it to you. Genesis 25. Is this good? I told us I can't give us milk and expect us to be free from things. we got to have a little meat. Look at this. Genesis 25, verse 22. It says, but the children struggled together within her. Does anybody ever feel like there's a struggle on the inside of you? Now, look, look. Struggle within her, and she said, If all is well, you ever ask the question, if I'm really saved? If I really why am I struggling like this? If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, two people shall be separated from your body, one people shall be stronger this is so powerful y'all this shows me the spirit and the flesh there are two people on the inside of you now look at this two people shall be separated from your body one people shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger leave that up there the older shall serve the younger so this is saying esau is gonna serve jacob hmm the older shall serve the younger the older oh man the lord messed me up during study i said okay hold on wait the whole battle of life is to get the old me under the new me let me make it where you can understand it april 28 1987 That's my birthday, okay? April 26th, 2006, that's my rebirth day. So for the rest of my life, I have to get April 28th under April 26th. I have to get 1987 under 2006. For the rest of my life, the war is going to be to submit to Christ so I can keep the old me under. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? (laughs) I can keep the old me under the new me so that the new me is able to have dominance over the old me and the old me can serve the new me. The only reason I'm able to preach this is because I have a old me and now that old me is helping the new me. And so I'm able to tell you strategies that when temptation was affecting the old me, this is how I got the old me under the new me whatever your birthday is, for the rest of your life, the challenge is going to be to surrender to Christ and to get your birthday under your rebirth day. What is your stew? Three points, I'm going to get out your way. Point number one, consider the aftertaste. (laughs) consider like how do you sell your birthright you know what that is that's your inheritance your wealth and your influence how do you sell that for some stew it's because we don't consider the aftertaste like i want us to be people to where when temptation is before us let us not consider what is being offered But let us consider what we'll lose. It's getting real quiet, okay? So Adam ate the fruit that was offered and lost Edom. Esau ate the stew that was offered and lost his birthright. Okay? Samson laid his head in the lap that Delilah offered and lost his strength. I want us to consider, there's an aftertaste to this. There's an aftertaste. Before you respond to the text. Before you go in business with them. Before you just walk away and dismiss the faith. I want you to remember there's an aftertaste. Consider the aftertaste. Point number two. Prioritize the principle of first. All throughout the fabric of scripture. If you were like in a year. Read the Bible in a year. You'll recognize God constantly is voicing his glory, redeeming people back to himself. All throughout the Old Testament, we see like many messiahs, David. David and Goliath, like Jesus is a better David. Goliath is sin and death. Why did, why did David chop off the head of Goliath? Because head stands for authority. And in Christ, we have the authority. And he has authority over that. all throughout scripture. You will see Jesus in the Old Testament. You will see it's all about the glory of God. And he wants to be first. In all your ways, acknowledge me first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God first acknowledge me first get counsel first be generous you got a raise don't think about you first think about how could God get glory with this and I ain't saying just give it here I'm not that type of pastor just think what could benefit from this increase how could God be glorified with it because it's not yours and everything put him first here comes your scalp right now be the first to apologize you see, we had one, well, you said it about three times, sis. Terrence said in the back, amon. Be the first to apologize. See, the only way you could do that, if it's not about your glory, it's about God's. First. Told us several times. If we leave here and I take all of us to Papadose, they're gonna give us bread first. Bread. Jesus is the living bread. If we consume that first, when the world says. Want some stew? I'm full of bread. Make sense? Somebody say strategies. And last one, know your trimester. Know your trimester. What if I told you it's not your season? You're not gonna get promoted in this season. It's October. Can you know your trimester? See. A woman who knows she's pregnant is not discouraged by the woman who's in labor. She's not jealous. If anything, she'll ask her for some advice. You see? Know your trimester. So that I can celebrate other people who are giving birth. Because I know just because you're giving birth doesn't mean I'm not pregnant too. Frustrated. Frustrated. Because it's October and we're expecting for things to grow. Everybody's not in October. But I don't want to be guilty of preaching ministerial malpractice, of telling you it's your season when it's not. Your breakthrough on the way when God's like, their breakthrough is praying. That's the breakthrough. They go to Facebook too much and post. Oh, if I can get just like 5% of that time, what I could do with your life Some of us should see if you have an iPhone. If you have an Android, you need deliverance. But if you have an iPhone, (laughs) Apple should endorse me. If if you have an iPhone, you should look at your screen time usage. The Android got it too? I'm a hater, so you can call me out. (laughs) If you looked at your screen time, what if I exchanged that for spiritual FaceTime? How would I look and how would I grow? And I'm taking something as small as a smartphone. Don't let a smart device make us be spiritually stupid to where we keep on selecting stew when God has a full course meal for you.